We're going to be uh, in Hebrews 11 this morning. It's going to be on the screen behind me. It's just a great passage of scripture that is really essential for us as Christians and believers to read through, to know, to digest. And we're just going to read through it together. It's, it's starting from verse 1 to, to verse 6. It says, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith he was commended as a righteous man when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith he still speaks even though he is dead. By faith Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those that earnestly seek him. And uh, the rest of... That's good timing, that was. Um, the, uh, it's just a great passage. You know, I'd encourage you to read the whole of the chapter, but you know, we start off, and it's just a number of people that pleased God that were commended to by God. And, you know, I don't know about you, but sometimes in life you, there's people that you want to please, there's, there's people you want to impress, you know, and there's things you do to do that. And I often notice it more so in children. You know, you see it with uh, your children and their parents, and they want to impress. Even though they know that they're loved, they come home and they want to show them something. They want to say that they've got good grades or they've done really well. You know, whether that's... Uh, for affirmation or approval you know there's a number of different reasons why they do that but sometimes it's just to honor them and to say thank you and they want to impress and you know I think for me you know that's great and it's really good when when that happens because parents are delighted when they see their young people and their children bringing stuff to them but for me I want to be someone that pleases God I don't know about you I, I want to be someone that I live my life and I honor him and I please him in every area of my life Does anyone else want to do that? You know, because it instructs in the Bible that we shouldn't be people pleasers, but rather we should seek to to please God. His opinion of us is the most important. And the great thing is about God and grace is that we don't have to earn it. You know, God loves us the way we are. He loves us as we are. But as we see in this passage of Scripture, there's one thing that will please God, and that's faith. Living by faith. And faith is a key ingredient for us as Christians as we walk with him and as we live for him. And this morning, I just want to encourage us to live by faith. And I want to suggest four ways that we can do that, four practical ways in which will just help us just to follow God in our everyday life. And the first is to see our life through a different lens. When we become Christians, we should begin to see things differently to when we weren't Christians. I don't know if you've been to uh, the cinema and you've seen a film in 3D. Can we just have a show of hands if you've ever seen a 3D film before? Yeah, quite a few of you. They've been out for about maybe 10 years or so. I remember the first film that I saw in 3D was Avatar. And I wasn't a big fan of the film, but I remember coming away and thinking, wow, you know, that, you saw a film in a really different dimension, a really different dynamic, you know, if, sometimes you have to take your glasses off to actually make sure that you know, it wasn't actually there. And I think, you know, when we become Christians, we, we almost get to put on these glasses. You get given these 3D glasses. 
And I think sometimes when we follow Jesus, we, we see things in a different light altogether. You know, and to live by faith doesn't mean that, you know, it says that we, faith comes not through sight. Certain of what we do not see. But when we put on, when we become a Christian, we then see things as God sees. We see with eyes of faith. And as a result, we gain a new perspective on life. And the first one or area of life that we see differently is that we see life through eternity. You might have heard of a, this illustration where you see a rope that's a really long, long rope. And, and just a very short part of it is red. And it resembles our life. And the red bit is just our time here on earth. But the rope just goes on and on and on. And I think when we become Christians, if we have to live every day with eternity in mind. Because it's very easy. I, I, I find myself just being caught up in, in the moment, in what lies in front of me and the surroundings. But actually God says to live by faith, we're always thinking of what lies ahead of us beyond this earth. Because life on earth is short. I know sometimes the days feel like quite long if we're at work or you know, someone's doing our head in or something. But you know, we've got to live with eternity in mind. You know, Abraham, a hero of faith, was looking forward you know, these, these heroes of faith that we read about didn't always have an easy life. But they were always aware of what was to come. They had a kingdom purpose as well. Sometimes our focus is just about what we can do and our own lives. But when we become Christians, our purpose and our perspective broadens hugely. We gain a deeper purpose for our lives and we live just beyond ourselves. And also our rewards. You know, sometimes you do something to gain a reward, don't you? Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes you do something and you get a reward for the work that you've done, whether that's at work or in different scenarios. But when we work and live for Jesus and we give our lives to him, our rewards aren't always on this earth. We've got a great heavenly reward awaiting each and every one of us. But it's what we do here on earth that depends on that. When we view heaven as our home, what we value changes. So to live by faith, we need to keep seeing as God sees. To live by faith, we need to keep seeing as God sees. We sing the song, um, God, I look to you. We didn't sing it this morning. But in that, it says, give me vision to see things as you see. It also says, give me wisdom to do things as you do. You know, it's to understand the way God sees things. And for me, that's not just a song, but that's a prayer for me. In everyday life, how do we see things? How do we see the people around us, the circumstances that God's placed us in? God's put you where you are for a reason. You know, sometimes we don't always like the, the challenges and the circumstances that our life brings. But God's put you there for a reason. And we need to see things as he sees in those times. This new lens that we put on and the perspective that we have also brings a renewed hope and a renewed optimism and expectation for what God can do in our lives. Because with God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. There might be something that you're going through that you feel that is just too difficult but when we see things with the eyes of faith, you know, even just singing songs of worship, we begin to align our hearts with God's. We begin to put him in his rightful place. And everything else just seems to be less. We, do, we, we worry less, maybe. <laughs> you know, things don't seem as, as important. But with God, all things are possible. 
So the first thing, we need to see life through a different lens. We need to see things as God sees. But we also need to cultivate a listening ear. It's one thing to see things as God sees, but we need to be men and women who hear from God. We need to hear his voice in our daily lives. We have to tune in because faith, faith pleases God. We, we read that. But faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. In my uh, years, uh, final years before moving out at my home with my parents, I was, shared a room with my brother and uh, we got on well. There's times where we didn't get on so well, but um, I think that's just part of life, isn't it? Sibling rivalry and all that sort of stuff. But when I was, uh, before we left, we bought these amazing speakers for our room. We shared a room together. I mean, I'm not a massively technical person, but they were surround sound, you know, and, and it, it was just brilliant for, like, when we were playing computer games, when we were listening to music, watching the telly. These speakers were top of the range, really, really good. So we were loving it. But my parents weren't. <laughs> As you can imagine, the sound and the quality, it was really loud and all those different things, it was really good, but... It made it a lot harder for my parents to get our attention. They would often shout up the stairs that dinner was ready or that the home phone was ringing or that they were going out somewhere. And, uh, yeah, by the end of it, they, they were coming upstairs, knocking on the door, saying, turn your music down, turn it down, you know, because they wanted to get our attention. And in a similar way, perhaps not with the shouting and the loudspeakers, but God wants to get our attention. God wants to speak to each and every one of us. Sometimes we've got so much stuff going on in our lives, though, that we struggle to hear him. We sometimes think, where's God in this? Why is God not speaking to me? Why, why is God doing this? But actually, if we allow time to hear him and perhaps filter out all of the other things that are going on in our lives, then we begin to hear him more clearly and we begin to respond to what he's saying. Elijah heard the voice of God in the still, small voice. There's sometimes a lot of things going on. and We talked about busyness before, and there's lots of different noises, there's lots of distractions and temptations, and, and some of these things aren't all bad. It's not to condemn the things that happen in our life and the things that are going on, but it's just to, impo- to acknowledge the importance of hearing from God in our lives. In 1 Samuel, we read that Samuel didn't, recognized the Lord's voice. When he heard the Lord speaking to him, he went to Eli. But then after a few times, he he said, say this to him, speak for your servant is listening. I wonder how much we are listening to what God's saying and how much we're intentional about that. In the office with Dave, a number of times he'll come into me like maybe on a Tuesday morning and he'll go, Matt, so what's the Lord been saying to you lately? What's the Lord been saying to you lately? And often I'll go like, um, what's the Lord been saying to you lately? You know, I'll try and turn it around quickly. <laughs> but to be honest, you know, it's often because actually I haven't been spending a lot of time waiting on the Lord and saying, God, what do you want to say to me? What do you want to say to me? What do you want to say to the people around me? Maybe in a wider context. It's really important that we just hear from God, that we spend time listening to him, And we have to be intentional about that. We look in this passage of Hebrews. Noah built the ark. But this was after he'd been warned by God that there was a flood coming. He had heard from God. Abraham had obeyed and went. But this was after 
He'd been called by God. And I know sometimes you feel like you might find it hard to hear from God or you don't always get these really direct, audible voices or you don't have a burning bush moment. (laughs) There's a lot of people that don't have that, so you're okay if that's how you feel. But God loves to speak to us. And we need to find the times and places in our life where we hear from God. And that might be different for each of us. You know, I like to to read my Bible on my iPad and flick through it, and then I've got a journal alongside it. And if there's a verse that stands out to me, I'll copy and paste that across. But for some people, that's just alien. You think, why would you do that? Just read the Bible. And, you know, maybe you read a book. Maybe you like to go for walks. Maybe you just encounter God and hear from him. Maybe in the garden. Maybe when you're with people as opposed to being alone. God loves to speak to us, and we have to find the ways that we hear from God most if we're going to hear from him. It might be first thing in the morning, last thing at night. It's just making that time. And people say that we have two ears and one mouth. You've probably heard this before, because we have to listen twice as much as we have to speak. But I've also heard that we also have two ears, because one is to hear from the world around us. We have to hear what's going on in the life of, of in our life, but also in the world around us. But the other is to hear from God. And sometimes I think we can use both ears to just listen to what the world is saying. And that doesn't make any difference because we don't hear from God. But then there's other times where we, we, we can just, just hear from God, and that's great. And we have to learn to hear from God and learn how to, to live by faith through what he's speaking into our lives. We have to walk in step with the Spirit Galatians 5 talks about. But it's discerning God's voice. How do we know if it's God or if it's just us? You know, that's a big question and a lot of people ask and struggle with that. You know, is it really God that's telling me to do this? Is it really God's voice? Am I making this up? I think it's a challenge that a number of us will feel. You know, I was in a conversation this week and someone said the same thing. But, you know, just first thing to do is just to weigh it up with scriptures. To see if it lines up with what God's saying. And you think... Wow, I can't find the answer. I'm not sure where it says that in the Bible. Maybe ask a wise or trusted friend. Someone that knows you, knows your situation. But then sometimes we just have to trust God. We just have to step out. We just have to go, God. You know, someone said that, it's, uh, that God says the light's green until he says it's red. You know, just to go for it until... He says it's clearly wrong. I mean, if you feel a really, really strong sense not to do it, that's probably a good sign not to do it. But I just encourage you, if we're going to live by faith, sometimes we have to step out of our comfort zone. If we hear from God and just, just respond and obey to that. So we've got to see life through a different lens. We have to cultivate a listening ear. But we also have to depend on God. Earlier this year, um, I took the young people away. We went to a place in Rotherham called Maltby, and we had a great time. It was just a short weekend. Uh, and one of those days, we, we went to a leisure center, which was next door, and there's a swimming pool, and there was uh, the diving boards, the diving boards. You might have seen them in the Olympics. Anyone been watching the Olympics this past couple of weeks, and they do the diving. So we, did we get bronze medal in that? I think we got a bronze medal, didn't we? But um, other countries don't do so well. But anyway, we weren't doing the dives like the Olympics were doing, but... We saw it, and I was like, yeah, we've got to do it, even though I'm a bit scared of heights. But one of the young people was like, not keen to say the least, really. But I was encouraging him, and I was saying, come on, you've got to do it. You've got to do it. And eventually, they did it. And you know what? They got out, and they were in the queue again to go again. (laughs) 
after being absolutely petrified. And they were still scared the second and third time. But they went on the diving board from however high it is. They jumped off. But then what I found was is when we trust in God, when we depend on him and when we step out, we actually realize he's faithful. He's there with us. It's never as bad as we think it's going to be. And then we build up the courage to actually do it again, to do it again. And it might be in a different situation, a different circumstance. But the more times we trust in God, he'll just continue to show himself to be faithful to us. We have to move beyond our comfort and face our fears. As we step out in faith, God will reveal his faithfulness to us. Abraham went even though he did not know where he was going. I like to know the direction. You know, I don't really like to go on a journey if I don't know where or how to get there. I like to have a passenger with me that's instructing me where to go, or I'll have my tom-tom on, which will direct me and guide me. But living by faith, trust God that he's in control, that he knows where you're going, he knows what you're doing, and living for him. Daniel trusted in the lion's den. Moses trusted escaping from Egypt. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego trusted in the fiery furnace. You know, these heroes of faith depended on God with their lives. But what I really want to just emphasize this morning is that these amazing moments of faith, as we read this chapter in Hebrews, amazing moments of faith flow from small steps of trust. Amazing moments of faith that we, we see and experience and I'm sure Dave shared a few weeks ago that often life isn't always about these amazing moments. You have a few of those in your life. And sometimes you have really down, really down days. But most of the life, it's just ordinary, isn't it? It's just following God and walking with him in the ordinary moments of life. And, but it, we've got to trust God in the small steps of things. Our faith is not based on what we can do, which is quite reassuring for much, many of us here today. But it's based entirely on who God is. You know, there's this business term, I think, that say it's not what you know, but it's who you know. And, you know, our faith is entirely about who we know, who we know. You know, we have to spend time with him and know who God is. But we base our our life and our faith is being, faith is being assured, being sure of what we do not see. Knowing that God has been faithful over the years and that he will be faithful in the years to come. That God has promised us. We talked last week about God's promises and how our devotion is in sync with those promises. But we have to be confident in what we hope for. We read in Revelation that Jesus, or God, was, is the beginning and the end. He, he is who was, who is, and is to come. As I was preparing this message, I had this scripture I was almost going to preach on this scripture rather than this Hebrews verse, but I really believe that it's for someone here this morning. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm not sure why. I mean, it might be just that you're going through a difficult time at the moment and you're just maybe struggling with doubt or trusting God in your situation, in your life right now. But just hear that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's a God who's good. He's a God who loves us. He's able to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask or imagine. And we know that God is in control of our lives. You know, when we depend on someone, sometimes we're a bit not sure how that will be. You know, trust, sometimes people can let us down. I've spoke about that before. But when we trust in God, 
We're trusting in the creator of the world, our heavenly father, who promises to be with us wherever we go. But like I say, it's not always about the exciting adventure that we hear about faith. You know, you get to do this and you have moments like the heroes of faith experienced. But I just want to read a bit later on. It's going to be on the screen behind me again, just in the passage from verses 35 to 39. It says this. Others were tortured and refused to be released so that they might gain a better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging, while still others were chained and put in prison. They were stoned, they were sawed in two, they were put to death by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains and and in caves and holes in, in the ground. These were all commended for their faith. You know, that's not the most uplifting passage of Scripture, but they all lived by faith. Throughout the trials, throughout the difficulties, I mean, this is quite severe stuff that we've just read, but God commended them because they held on to the hope that they have in Jesus Christ. And I just want to encourage you, you know, whatever you go through, whatever we experience in life, just holding on to the promises of God, Living by faith through those difficulties pleases God. It pleases God. So we have to see life through a different lens. We have to cultivate a listening ear. We have to depend on God. And for those making notes, the fourth point is this. We have to be obedient. This is probably the hardest one. You think, you know, I can see things as God sees. I can hear things. And even I can begin to trust and depend on God. But being obedient can be a real challenge. And you see this picture behind me. It's quite a distracting picture, isn't it? (laughs) But the picture is one of obedience. We see as, uh, you know, has anyone had a dog before? Just a little raise of hand, yeah. Some people still have dogs. That's great. (laughs) My sister's got a puppy. And she's had the puppy for about two or three months now. And it's a nightmare for her. Trying to train a dog to do things. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure those that have got dogs understand the challenges that come with that and the, the things that you have to teach a dog. But like, we have to teach them ground rules for their own benefit, don't we? Sometimes dogs will obey to please their owner, but they also have to do it because it's better for them. You know, you put them on the lead so they don't run off and get lost. You know, you teach them to outside (laughs) rather than in the house for the pleasantries you know there's things that you teach them and encourage them for their own benefit and I think we have to you know if we want to please God we have to obey him we have to listen and recognize that our owner our master the God of the name above all names knows what's best for our lives you know like Steve was talking earlier about religion I think sometimes we can see God as someone who just sets rules that restricts us, that doesn't want things right for us, but we just fit it into to doing things a certain way. But God actually sets these things in so that we can enjoy life to the full. He has so much more in store for our lives, but we have to learn to listen to him and then obey. It's one way that we can show our devotion to God as well. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey my commands. You know, he, we can sing songs and we can praise him and worship him together. But one way we do that is by being obedient. I wonder how you feel when God prompts you to do something 
When was the last time you felt God prompt you to, to do something or say something to someone? We always have a choice, don't we? You know, the great thing about God is he never forces us to do things. He never says you have to do this. It's always our choice. And living by faith is taking those moments and going, yes, I will do that. And playing our part when God calls us to. We're co-workers with God. As we feel led, you know, it might be to encourage someone this week. It might be to pray with someone, share a scripture. You know, some of you will hear from God a lot. But it's then being obedient to when prompted or when led by God to actually do something with that. It's not the size of our faith that matters, but our willingness to obey. Our willingness to obey. There's a film called Yes Man. I don't know if anyone's seen that. It's got Jim Carrey in. Again, it's a, it's a comedy, but I, I thought it was okay. But in that film, he says no to everything at the start of it. He says, no, I won't do anything. And you see, quite a miserable guy. But then he, he, he has this moment where he then recognizes that he has to start saying yes to everything. And we see that his life is totally changed and transformed because he begins to say yes. And I'm not saying that we have to say yes to everything, but we have to learn to say yes to God. We have to learn to be obedient when he calls us, when he leads us in different ways. We have to be willing to be people that say yes. The heroes of faith often are referred to as great men and women of God. But I like to refer to them as men and women of a great God, but they were obedient. You know, they were men and women like you and me, but they were serving a great God and they were obedient. It's amazing to see what God can do with an obedient spirit. You know, Noah was instructed to build the ark even before it was raining. <laughs> you know, I might have gone, you know, let's just wait till it rains, then I'll start building it. But the flood came, and Noah was obedient before that. Sometimes when God calls us to be obedient, it might cause us to look a bit foolish. It might cause us to look a bit stupid. We might feel a bit awkward in those moments. But when we trust God and depend on him and are obedient, we know that he's faithful and will lead us. So let's not look for the big moment of faith but rather for the small opportunity to obey. Let's step out in the ways that we feel God is calling us to. It's different for each and every one of us. You know, some of us, it'll be in the workplace. Some of it will be at home. Some of it will be on the streets. You know, there's lots of different places that God is calling and leading us. But it's being obedient in those moments. So if we want to be people that please God, we have to live by faith. See with a different lens. Cultivate a listening ear. And depend on God and then obey Him. Let's stand. Let's stand. Let's just, I just want us to take us a few moments.